0: harmony in the sangha to figure out how to develop the world in unity and walk with all sentient beings in peace and harmony we study and experience religion in our individual life we also study and investigate it from point of view from the point of view of our group our society and our world that's why we have a sangha where we practice a peaceful way of life together with people of different backgrounds and personalities.
1: Originally Sangha- Yeah, go ahead. Originally Sangha is a peaceful place where we demonstrate to human society a way of living in harmony with others. But when Sangha becomes part of society, Sangha life can create lots of problems because human beings have a certain custom of comparison and conflict. We may understand Buddhist teaching intellectually, but when problems come up, we are emotionally at a loss to deal with the concrete aspects of Sangha life in a peaceful way.
2: An egoistic way of life is more conspicuous in spiritual world because you expect something beautiful from a religious group. For instance, one student told me he was feeling very confused about Buddhist teaching. In the beginning, he was developed to the triple treasure, but now he had some doubts. Doubt. He sees people who say they believe, by it, but they are always creating problems, so he felt dumb.
3: So a couple of, of pronunciations, Daniel. I think it's conspicuous.
1: Conspicuous. <laughs>
3: conspicuous and devoted and duped. Duped. Duped okay. is like fooled. A con man dupes you.
4: Oh, okay. Thank you.
3: You're welcome.
5: Well, whatever it is you depend on, if you understand it in a narrow way. You can become confused. When bad things happen in the Sangha, it can leave you in bewilderment. You have doubts about Buddhism, and maybe you quit practicing devotion to Dharma. Quit or continue, that's fine. It depends on you. But if you always quit, you never know something deeply. That's why the real practice of devotion to Dharma is to go deeply from the beginning to the end under all circumstances.
3: It's kind of guaranteed that there'll be problems in the Sangha. And, and I, Peg, uh, as a number of times, talks about the uh, importance of repair, you know, just like in any relationship, to, to think that you'll have a relationship without problems is hopeful. Am I next? I think so. Still, life is constantly arising according to circumstances, and we see differences in people. (coughs) Then conflict appears. For example, when you listen to a Dharma talk, many people are sitting there with you. Everyone is different yet everyone sits together in peace and harmony manifesting complete devotion to hearing buddhist teaching but if you poke your head into another person other people's personality and behavior (coughs) evaluating how much they understand and practice buddhist teaching you become critical of others it's really hard to do that to not do that isn't it am i the only one who has trouble No, I don't think you are.
6: Broadly speaking, there is no sense of discrimination or comparison in the Dharma world of oneness. So in terms of Dharma world, we shouldn't be critical of others, but in everyday life, we don't know whether we should criticize someone or not. On one hand, if you don't deal with problems that arise in a Sangha, you cannot carry on Sangha into the future for century after century, on the, for century after century. On the other hand, if you are very involved with problems, you also cannot carry on the Sangha for the long run because there's no quality, sympathy or benevolence. So we have to find the best way to deal with problems. How, that is a practice of egolessness, egolessness?
4: Mm -hmm. Mm. I think it's you, Chris. Uh, Is it back to me? Mm -hmm. Yep. If you
0: see something lacking from someone in the Sangha and find it necessary to give a correction, don't bark at them. Instead of giving harsh words, give your hand. Just walk with that person, sharing your good aspects, not expressing criticism. Instead of saying, your work is careless, offer your hand as if they were stumbling on a rock. In order to walk hand in hand with people, more or less, you need a peaceful way of life. So first we have to stand up in the Dharma world and see what human beings really are beyond our individual personalities. When you see the depths of human existence and touch the universal life of all sentient beings, then very naturally, you can open your heart and know how to deal with human problems.
1: People criticize American Sangha sometimes. They say there are too many troubles with human relationships. Well, people criticize because they expect the Sangha to be something pure. Sure, it is pure, but the purity they're expecting is nothing but their ideal of purity. Real purity is something that must be alive in an individual life. That means it is your responsibility to take best care of everyday life and make Sangha alive as something pure.
2: It's not so easy to practice together as a Sangha. That is why lots of complaints came up, but this is very important for us. A person may seem very stinky to you, but as a whole, everyone is beautiful beyond human speculation something beautiful is called buddha of course you cannot ignore differences but don't be confused don't be in a hurry don't judge others quickly if you judge quickly you can never live in peace with different kinds of people different cultures different races my myriad being
3: it's myriad which means many many varied myriad
2: Myriad Beings.
5: And when there are problems, you should realize that dissatisfaction is human. If you open your heart, how many complaints do you find there? Myriads. How much satisfaction is there? Just a little bit. This is not just the problem of a particular person. This is a human problem. But don't be confused. Carefully, with a tranquil mind, Taste dissatisfaction deeply and realize where it comes from. Then, next, focus on the original meaning of Sangha, demonstrating a peaceful way of life based on belief in the Dharma. When you follow this way of life, your life allows all beings to trust in the beauty of life and grow naturally in the Dharma world.
3: So when you encounter problems, calm down, settle yourself in the Dharma. Then conflict is not an abstract idea. It is something real that you can deal with right now by walking with others step by step. Living in this way, you can handle many problems one by one and carry on on the Sangha for the long run. Please, I pray for it. I know i uh went I was at my third teaching job before I realized that all places would like have difficulties. Mm-hmm. Have any of others of you had that experience where you you go from either job to, to job or relationship to relationship, looking for something without problems?
4: Yeah Yeah.
3: Yes, indeed. Cody, how
1: about you? Oh, yeah, definitely.
3: Is there ever any problems in the military?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Between people? 24 uh, 7, 365.
3: Uh. <laughs> 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 it's a military
5: sangha.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean.
5: So I really
3: admired this, this one friend who, who passed away in the last year because there were a lot of problems in a sangha and he just kept practicing so religiously. I guess I can use that word. It was really impressive, even though there was, it was like there, there was fire, you know, in the corners and, and it didn't phase um, him at all.
4: Hmm? I would like to talk about doctors, they are among our most trusted
6: professionals, nearly 70... Okay. Turning clockwise, why do we always turn clockwise in the Zendo? Some students who come to Minneapolis to learn about Zen Buddhism ask me that question. I told them, just turn clockwise. I will explain tomorrow. That is very nice. Don't you think so? Mm -hmm. I didn't ignore their question. I said I could answer it tomorrow. It seems not to be an answer, but it's really an answer.
1: This
3: is really funny because um, there's a certain, the jisha is the one, who goes up to the altar and lights the incense and then carries it back to the kitchen and then follows the doshi into the bowing mat and hands them the, at the altar, the the incense. And I noticed that um, John Cooley, who was trained in San Francisco turned counterclockwise. So I asked him about it and he said that his senior teacher, said, you never turn your back to the altar, and that's why you turn counterclockwise. And it wasn't the way we were doing it. So I asked Peg today, and Peg said, always clockwise, just like here. So it's funny to read this right after. This is like two hours ago. Okay, who's reading? (laughs)
0: saying that i will give that <clears throat> saying that i will give the answer tomorrow gives people a chance to not think about something to calm their mind and see the total picture of their life zen teaching doesn't always give you an answer but the next day i gave an answer though probably it didn't make sense for them here is my explanation
1: In Buddhism, the left side is a symbol of auspiciousness and supreme happiness. The right side is a symbol of dynamic, creative life. On the left, the opportunity of auspiciousness is always open to everybody. You are lucky. Your life is protected by others, lives, and all sentient beings. On the right, you accept any aspect of human life, stand up, and live in a positive way.
2: when you see so, sit in so the-, the
3: i
1: want to say that the
3: explanation i recently heard is that in india you would eat with your right hand and you would clean yourself with your left hand and so by going clockwise you're always um you know you're always uh like revering the inside <laughs> the the clean side so anyway it's
2: interesting to hear this explanation yeah okay when you sit in the full lotus position your left leg is up and your right leg is down because that posture represents the total picture of human life that is why we do zazen like this the way we shape our hands in zazen makes the mundra of the universe Your right hand supports your left hand. Your thumbs touch and both hands create the space. You use your two hands to represent the whole reality of your life. Your your life is right in the middle of the universe. Without the universe, you cannot live. If so, why don't you show where you are?
5: Okay, this is how I explain the mudra. But immediately you ask, oh, what's that? And then you want to discuss it. But there is no solution to your confusion. Finally, I have to say, please keep your mouth shut and just do this simple practice. If you are interested in this mudra, you can study it later. You can find it explained in a big book. Still, no matter how long you study the mudra intellectually, It is nothing but a symbol. But actually, that symbol is not merely a symbol. Through your practice, you really can know the meaning of this mudra.
3: When you stand up from zazen, which is calm and peaceful, you make the mudra of shashu, forming a fist with your left hand and covering it with your right hand. Your auspiciousness is very quiet. There is nothing to say, nothing to show off. So you cover it up, but still it's there.
6: Standing up is a dynamic aspect of human life. You are ready to take care of everyday life, building up human life in a positive way. Forming, Shashu, when you stand up, demonstrates that behind the dynamic aspect of your life, there is the tranquil aspect that you can depend on. Then you turn clockwise to the right, take a step and start to walk.
0: In Buddhism, we try to move toward the future in a positive way but at the same time we also try to see the auspicious aspect of life if you see life only in the positive way you will never be satisfied you will always be critical of yourself so don't attach to the positive way and forget
3: forget that to learn about sorry something's wrong mm-hmm. Wait. Where are we? I think you need to forget the, okay. Okay, just
0: back up so I can restart that last sentence. So don't attach to the positive way and forget the other aspect. To live truly positively Live positively without expecting anything as a particular result. Just wholeheartedly throw yourself into whatever you are doing. That is to forget the self.
1: Walking along with an open heart. What does Buddhism believe in? Dharma. The philosophical definition of Dharma is complicated, but Dharma itself is not a concept. It is something alive. Dharma is creative energy. In the beginning of Bindoho, model for engaging the way, Dogen Zenji says, one rises with Dharma, one does not rise without Dharma. In other words, if there is no Dharma, you do not exist. So as long as you are alive, the presence of that energy in you is something true you can depend on. In Buddhism, we depend on Dharma because Dharma has the great power to support our lives.
2: I I wanted to go back to those few previous paragraphs. And uh, I I don't know if is it really the case that all those symbolism in practicing are very important like keeping your left leg over the right one i'm also always under the impression that actually the buddhism is a philosophy that doesn't really pay much attention to those kind of Um, things and focuses more on practicing in more, I don't know, uh, liberal way.
3: I don't think the particular form is as important as the fact that we are uh, following forms which really creates uh, focuses our mind. So uh, in fact, what came up today was in San Francisco they use one form turning counterclockwise at that one point. And then in Austin we, you know, turn clockwise, as he talks about in the book. So it's not important. What's important is that rather than being like laxadaisical about it, or you know, like you're you're remembering and you're um you're present.
5: There is, a, we saw this movie in German. I can't remember exactly the name of it. Something about enlightenment, where these two brothers travel to Japan um, and they stay at a a, a Zen Buddhist mon- monastery.
3: The ones where they want to find out what enlightenment is?
5: Yeah. And yeah. I was struck in the movie... By the the various scenes of the routine of the day, where the brothers, okay, now it's time to do this, now it's time to do that, and everything is done in a certain way. Uh, and so, paying close attention to a routine, there is something to that really can be offered in that, in that you can really you can really pay attention to that routine. But then there is also the danger of taking the routine for granted and just, you know, uh, moving through it blindly. But um, Like
3: just with muscle memory and that's not doing it.
5: Right. Yeah. So I I feel like there's a a balance that has to be struck there with uh, routine and ritual. But... The thing that struck me in the movie was there seemed to be a lot of rest that was created by the routines, by the rituals, because you knew exactly what to do in the course of the day. So it was kind of a relief to not wonder, what should I do now?
3: Also, there's a lot of uh, opportunity for individuality within that form. There's a story in photography of these nine photographers line up on a, the edge of a hill, and they all take exactly the same picture, and all the pictures turn out completely different because um, they're different people. You know, sometimes when we try to be different, we're the same, and then when we try to be the same, we're different. It's kind of an odd thing. Should we go on Daniel? Yes, yes. Um, You're happy? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll think more about this, but thank you. Yeah, There's okay. That clarifies. Um, I think, I mean, uh, let's see. In, in Zen Buddhism, yeah. Where are we? I think it's the second paragraph of the next chapter.
3: I'm lost. Do I have to go forward or backwards? I think forward. <laughs> oh, no.
2: really? Right. I, I don't know. I
4: think you're back.
3: Well, how does go the to, paragraph
1: start? And, and uh, you, you got to go back to that. uh.
2: 18, back. the chapter 18, walking.
1: Go back one more. Mm back one more and I think we at the uh, in Zen Buddhism
2: okay yeah in Zen Buddhism in Zen Buddhism we devote ourselves to practicing Dharma in order to believe in Dharma believing in Dharma is Buddhist faith which is called Bodhicitta this faith is true belief true belief cannot be just an idea, it must must be something alive. So in Zen practice, the main target for you to aim at is making that energy alive in your individual life. It's up to each one of us to make our idea of Dharma into the living Dharma. This is our responsibility.
5: How do you make belief in Dharma something alive? Open yourself, go beyond your individual life and see the big picture of your life. To practice in this way is to become a universal human being. It is to always think in a universal way, to walk in freedom and to give universal love to all beings throughout heaven and earth.
3: Devotion. Returning to life. Dharma is understood in Buddhist philosophy as a principle of how life of all sentient beings is structured. Dharma is also understood as all things, meaning everything in the phenomenal world. So according to that philosophy, the word Dharma seems to have two meanings, but those meanings are just concepts we create.
6: The phenomenal world is not something separate from the ultimate na- nature of existence. The phenomenal world includes the ultimate nature of existence. That is the real meaning of everything. Dharma is everything, there is no exception. The Dharma connected with you is connected with a whole wide range of life because without you, all things doesn't make sense.
0: Buddha's teaching is also called Dharma. But Buddha's Dharma is not something different from human life. Life is Buddhist, life itself is Buddhist teaching whether you are conscious of it or not you are living right in the middle of dharma it is all the internal and external factors that constitute your
4: individual existence
1: in a sense you can believe in dharma by understanding it through your head but if you never experience dharma as it really is a non-dualistic state of existence You don't know how to accept it and be present there, much less you don't know how to deal with it in everyday life. Seeing the human world dualistically is not bad, but to deal with human life with a calm mind, we have to return to what is true.
2: In order for our understanding of the dualistic human world to have a wide range, we have to return to the first germination of dualism. That is something very simple. In this simple way of life, there is no room for you to comment, analyze or make excuses. For example, when morning comes, you have to get up. When breakfast comes, you have to eat.
5: When winter comes, you have to meet winter and live there without being tossed away by winter. Well, a little tossed away is fine. Saying, I hate winter is okay, because you're a human being. But don't get stuck in hatred. As soon as possible, stop creating hatred and open yourself to winter. Maybe you have to stop hating winter again and again until finally, someday, winter and you come together very naturally creating a kind of energy
3: (coughs) where does this occur moment in the momentum energy of a moment you and winter become one you are right in a pure state of existence which is very close to truth eternity or the universe as it really is then you really appreciate winter that appreciation is belief in the Dharma, which you express very simply with a word or a bow
4: From beginning
6: to end, you are alive in the Dharma, so you can believe in Dharma under all circumstances. That is called devotion. devotion. The practice of devotion is how you can live your life as a very simple state of existence. I don't know the original meaning of the word devotion in English, but in Japanese we say kimyo, return to life. Returning to life means returning to the original state of being called truth. The life you return is Dharma, the stream of creative energy.
0: Sometimes we use the Japanese word ki for devotion, or ki ki is return and e is where you can depend on. So devotion is returning to a place you can depend on. In human life, we are always groping for some place to depend on, but that is a problem for us because the place you can depend on is not the place you are seeking. It is the place where you already are. You are alive in the Dharma. When you recognize Dharma and live in the Dharma, a peaceful way of life arises.
1: In spiritual life, we aim at turning in and being present. I mean, tuning in and being present in the rhythm of life right here, right now. That's all. Religiously speaking, we devote ourselves to Dharma. If you believe in God, you accept God and deal with God in the simplest way. If you believe in Dharma, you take refuge in Dharma. This is the practice of of devotion. Devotion is practiced in terms of two points. First, you are alone. Second, devotion is open-hearted. According to the first point, you are one single being who exists in the human world as the creative manifestation of original existence. According to the second point, even though you are one single being, all beings are interconnected with you. Your life is already constantly interconnected. Interconnecting with others' lives, open-hearted devotion means you are open to all beings.
2: As one human being, if you want the human world as a whole to develop, you have to take responsibility and do something. Life is depending on you to act. What should you do? Open your heart, live mindfully, and start to walk with all beings. That way of walking is steadfast, tranquil, and positive. You share your life and practice being no violence no benevolence benevolence sympathy and compassion this is the practice of walking alone with an open heart
5: uh the tranquil sage walks alone Shakyamuni buddha said tranquil sage is he who steadfast walks alone unmoved by blame and by praise, like the lion who is not scared by noises, the breeze that is not to be caught in a net, like the lotus that blooms unsullied among the muddy water. A leader he not led. Munisutta, translated by G.F. Allen.
3: Unmoved by blame and by praise means you are not tossed away by what you see or hear objectively. (laughs) Blame or praise are also the same because whichever one we get, we are tossed away by it. In particular, we are tossed away by blame. If someone criticizes you, it's pretty easy to be confused. Most people are always busy getting excited, blaming others, fighting, and struggling so much. That's pretty noisy, like a Japanese spritz dog who is always barking at something.
6: (coughs) Well, while a spitz is with his master, he enjoys barking, but if he doesn't have his master near him, he's coward and runs away. A lion is not like that. Whatever happens to a lion, whichever kind of animal appears the lion is always calm when you receive blame and praise with a calm mind you are like a lion who is not scared of noise.
0: So this is something I'm practicing with right now and it's a it's a long-standing thing. I have trouble, of course I have trouble with criticism, but I have even more trouble with praise because I have a long, deep process, I guess, of not believing praise when it comes. And I just went, I just got a an intense dose of that. I was in a retreat where people were telling me that they appreciated the things I was sharing. They liked this, they liked that. And so here I am not only struggling with what to do with all that, but struggling with this idea that I should be unmoved by it. And the best I can, I don't know, the the best meeting place of all that that I can come to is when that conflict arises, I need to practice with it for that moment and then let the conflict go. That's, that's the best I can do with that.
3: Yeah. I don't know if he's talking about unmoved. I mean, certainly not tossed around, but maybe there's something in between. Well, I'm certainly tossed around.
0: Okay. So I'm dealing with the conflict on the one hand, and then also supposed to be moving toward this place where it it doesn't move me at all and yet it does and for me to deny that is not true practice and so i'm still that's all very confusing to me
5: um it's it, i mean it sounds like you're dealing with it pretty reasonably like you recognize that others give you praise and you recognize that praise makes you uncomfortable that's pretty honest
3: i got some praise yesterday and and without thinking i discounted it uh, mm. and what i said was something like uh basically in in so many words um. You know i could have done better and and i realized afterwards i could have just uh, in fact an art teacher once gave us a talk on when someone says you know you did a good job you just say thank you you don't say oh it was you know i could have done better which is what i was saying so I, i i suspect we all do that sometimes
4: I
5: I mean,
2: wonder why, if, did, why did i have to say that i don't know yeah also when you're like on the other side and you tell to somebody you did good job and somebody's denying it then you kind of like fear yourself that also oh, he's like claiming that i don't know what i'm talking about and that's so, right
3: yeah. right you know it's making the other person seem stupid yeah yeah that's a good point
5: it is yeah
0: Oh, it's my, okay. I'm sorry, is there anything else before I go on? To be like the lion, you need a calm mind. So sit in zazen, calm your six senses and touch manas, your original self-consciousness. Calm down again and touch vinyana, the whole universe. That state of consciousness is called the tranquil sage. Everyone can become, even for a moment, a tranquil sage. You are steadfast, stable, and imperturbable, living in the human world with a dignified spirit.
1: Buddha says, a leader he, a leader he, not led." Being a leader means you are a master of yourself in whatever situation you may be. This is very important. Always be a leader. Be a leader for you and all sentient beings. To be a leader, you have to walk alone right in the middle of each moment. Each moment is enormous energy connected with the whole universe. You can never control it. You must be there exactly. That's all you can do.
5: I really like that last line. You can never control it. You must be there.
2: Um, Sometimes it's very difficult to be a leader, particularly in the midst of difficulties, but don't change your life so much according to to the difficulties you encounter. Be like the lotus flower that blooms unsullied by muddy water. Just walk step by step, moment after moment, and manifest yourself in the simplest way. This this simple way of life is based on the foundation of wisdom. It's not dogmatic, it's it's just very strong. But to live in this way, first you must be tranquil. Otherwise, you cannot see that panorama picture of how the life of all sentient beings is functioning.
5: There's not much excitement in just walking. So sometimes you will try to pour knowledge into your head by catching air with a fishing net or scooping water with a bamboo basket. But air is never caught by a net and your head is always leaking. So just return to the basic pace of walking alone. You are you taking care of each moment from day to day from beginning to end. That self is completely open to everything.
3: All embracing love. Buddha said practicing benevolence equanimity, compassion, and sympathy, seeking release, unobstructed by anything in the world, roam like the unicorn, alone. <coughs> uh, Haga Sutta. The unicorn, Rhinoceros, has just one horn, so it's a symbol of aloneness. You walk alone, right in the middle
4: of the human world.
3: I like that sentence. I'm sorry? I like that sentence. Mm. You walk alone right in the middle of the human world.
6: But walking alone alone, doesn't mean you stay by yourself and ignore the human world. Your presence must be benevolent to everybody and everything in many ways. Practicing benevolence and equanimity, expressing sympathy and compassion, you are magnific- magnificent, calm, and steadfast. Is it steadfast or steadfast?
4: Steadfast.
6: Okay. Steadfast, thank you. What is the difference between sympathy and compassion? Compassion has a little deeper meaning than sympathy. Sympathy is something you express under certain circumstances. Compassion is something you express under all circumstances.
3: Oh, that's nice too.
4: Yeah, that is good.
0: In the Metasuta, translated by Lord Chalmers. Hmm. Buddha speaks of compassion as an all-embracing love for the whole universe. In all its heights, depths, and breadths, an unstinted love unmarred by hate within, not rousing enmity. That all-embracing love is your original heart. You have a precious heart spreading to every inch of the world. This is the human heart. Everyone has this heart. It is the original nature of human beings.
1: No one is originally bad or stupid. Beyond any speculation on who is good and who is bad, everyone is a completely precious and beautiful being. That beauty is called Buddha. You already have that beauty within you. But to realize that beauty, you have to seek for it. You have to walk towards Buddha forever.
2: Don't worry about where you are. Buddha's word is right under your foot. It exists every time you walk. Wherever you go, you are completely enveloped by Buddha's word. Enveloped.
3: Enveloped by Buddha's word. I
5: like that thought. It's a, very, it's a very comforting thought.
3: Like being held, isn't it?
5: Yeah. I'll have to remember that in traffic.
2: <laughs> if you return to the very first stage of the expression of your life, you touch that all embracing love. Immediately, love Penetrates you that is real love. Real love is very deep, profound, and sublime. We don't you don't we don't know what it is intellectually, but we can experience it because we are already there. This is called dharma. So believe in dharma, live with unstained love, unstinted unstinted love, and murred, unmarred, unmarred by hate and, and enmity, and deal with everything as Buddha. I always have the paragraphs with the most difficult words. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> um. Still, in everyday life, it's pretty easy for us to be critical and to create hatred and enmity. Hatred is really destructive. So if there is hatred inside you, please be careful how you deal with hatred, because there is always communication between you and your object. When you look at the outside world with hatred, the seeing doesn't just go one way. You look at the world, and simultaneously,
4: the world looks back at you.
3: Being critical toward the outside is simultaneously being critical toward the inside. That is a situation of your life. But if you are being critical toward some object, you are being critical toward yourself. <coughs> I don't mean you should be critical. But if you feel critical toward yourself, other people or outside circumstances, be careful. Be Be careful because in terms of the deep meaning of dharma, you are being critical toward all beings. But if you are going to be critical, try to think of how your criticism can be helpful for all beings.
6: Seeking release means we seek emancipation from constantly thinking that everything is separate from us we want to have peaceful we want to be peaceful so we are always seeking release from dissatisfaction with our dualistic way of life but originally your life is already perfectly peaceful your presence is already unobstructed by anything in the world because you are deeply interconnected with everything in the universe that is why you can be open to everything and share your life with all sentient beings, no exceptions.
0: In the Metta Sutta, Buddha said, so as you stand or walk or sit or lie, reflect with all your might on this. Tis deemed a state divine. This is the practice of devotion to Dharma. Open yourself return to Dharma as the simplest expression of your ultimate existence and make Dharma alive in your heart. You can practice devotion in every aspect of your life, working on the street, walking on the street, working or sleeping.
1: Whatever you do, practice opening your heart, believing in the Dharma, and living in the Dharma. Then whatever comes into your life, you can receive it very simply and deal with it wholeheartedly. At that time, you are a true human being who is roaming like the unicorn, walking alone with an open heart.
4: Pozan's
2: whole heart. The Zen Master Tozan was asked, What is real Buddha beyond three categories of Buddha? Meaning from the perspective of Dharmakaya, Nirmana Kaya, and Sambo Kaya, what is the true Buddha? Tozan said, Now here I am, whole-hearted. Wholeheartedness is a time and place where all categories, levels and forms of discrimination simultaneously loosen into just this, that wholeheartedness is very serious, but also soft and flexible. Seriousness and flexibility come together and walk together as one.
5: To learn how to walk together as one, Christians and Buddhists often meet together and discuss our religions. But no matter how often we shake hands with each other, no matter how long we discuss, still there is a wall between Buddhism and Christianity. So day after day, there is useless discussion. But it doesn't mean that meeting together is wrong. Useless discussion can be a bridge between people. So it is important.
3: That's there are Oh, oh, okay. I just
0: said that's nice. Useless discussion can be a bridge between people, so it is important.
3: So I had lunch with someone the other day, and they were fed up with all this Dharma talk that we've been doing. And <laughs> we, we had this useless discussion, and I realized I was very uncomfortable about it. And then afterwards, I decided it was perfect. It was really strange that it was um, kind of exactly what was needed, like a break. And they found with companies that when people didn't meet face-to-face about little problems, when they got to big problems, they couldn't handle them. So that's another advantage of the useless discussion. It's difficult to do it well, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I like I'm really glad I read that I was just uh, talking to someone about it today. Oh, I this afternoon actually to Flint about the useless discussion and how I appreciated it later on. There are many kinds of bridge short middle size and long bridge. When you are caught by the ideas or attached to your own understanding, the bridge is very long. Discussion just makes that bridge longer and longer. Finally, the bridge is so long you cannot cross over it. Then you become angry because you don't know what to do. So how do you make the bridge shorter? Simple. Meet together with wholeheartedness. At that time, you become Tozan's real Buddha. When you become Buddha, other people become Buddha for you, and you <laughs> and, and all become one.
6: go
0: ahead. I just wanted to put in um, about useless discussion. Actually, I'm finding that this book is sort of. I don't wanna call it useless, but it's frustrating for me. This is my first time reading it. And I've never, um, I don't know, I'm finding the the language difficult and the way he expresses things difficult. And at the same time, I realize that that's okay because what's really important here is that we're meeting together and discussing this and that matters more to me.
3: So. I don't. I think uh, most of the book is much more difficult than this part we've read today, isn't it?
4: Yeah. Oh, great! Yeah.
3: Do you guys agree that this is kind of down his his version <laughs> of down to earth?
5: Oh, okay. I think for a couple of weeks it's mostly been Daniel, Malen, Kim, and I, because <laughs> little by little people have just been leaving <laughs> week to week.
3: They're waiting for the um, new book. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah,
5: it's a delight to see you, Cody, and and Chris. Thank you for coming. <laughs>
3: oh, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, we who's re- are, go me. on?
6: We're okay. finishing the book today.
3: <laughs> yes, we are.
6: We should C- come to hell go. or
3: high water. You know that expression.
6: No, say again.
3: Come hell or high water. I don't know exactly what it means. Like, we'll get there. (laughs) It means whatever comes, if we
0: go to hell or if we're all drowning in high water, we're going to do this.
3: Okay. Thank you, Chris.
6: (laughs) In Shobhagansu Uji, Dogen Senji said, self, is arrayed in the whole world. When you see the panorama picture of your life interconnected and interpenetrated with everything beyond races and cultures, you see yourself arrayed in the whole world. Then immediately there is spiritual communion between the universe and you, Buddha and you, others and you the buddhist and christians can meet talk and share our lives
3: an impressive display or range of a particular type of thing there's a great array of literature on the topic (coughs) it's like
4: spread out i guess
0: Originally, your life is peaceful because your life is completely supported by Dharma. Dharma, from the point of view of Christianity, seems to be like God. Christians say that God is in us. I think Christians use the word God so much because that word has penetrated their life. You can feel that God supports their life. Buddhism doesn't say God so much. In Buddhism, we simply try to be with Dharma as the very basic nature of existence, tasting it with our body and mind. If you are mindful of Dharma, then very naturally joyfulness is coming up. This joyfulness is not your usual idea of pleasure. It is human emotion coming from the bottom of your heart.
1: Human consciousness is very complicated and makes your life confused. Sometimes you don't want to be peaceful. Still, even if you don't realize it, your life is supported by that stream of great energy. So you can learn it and practice with it. Even though you don't understand the meaning of dharma exactly, continue to practice opening your heart. Then dharma lets the flower of your life for its bloom and very naturally your light appears. This is not something you should try to produce. All you can do is practice it, practice in this way.
3: Opening your your heart is certainly a step beyond just being mindful, isn't it? You know, I wonder to what extent that can be done as we do the forms opening your heart as opposed to I mean certainly being mindful uh, you know gives it a legitimacy but opening your heart even goes farther doesn't it or being with another person you could be an active listener you could be mindful of what they are saying but then opening your heart is is even a step a step farther isn't it
0: to me it seems like the difference between tolerating and embracing That's there are nice. lots of people there are lots of people who can tolerate gay people trans people but embracing accepting welcoming is a giant step beyond that and opening my heart is very very hard when i'm living in a world full of so many people who I disagree with, strongly disagree with, ferociously disagree with, and opening my heart to them and feeling their worth and that they are, I like the phrase, a child of the universe, is
4: hard. Oh yeah, That's nice. I like that. Uh, looks like I'm gonna get the last
2: paragraph of the book to read. Is this it? I think so. Make maybe Just acknowledgments. So let's I better do good job. <laughs> whether ah, <laughs> that's whether it happens in your life, whatever happens in your life, try to go beyond your pleasure or anger, like or dislike, and just to be with dharma. Stand up in the depth of human existence and take a deep breath there. Then take best care of your everyday life. Act wholeheartedly, constantly trying to be with that stream of great energy. That is the Zen way. This is a wonderful practice for us.
4: Here here well said. <laughs> <Isn't it? laughs> so uh
3: the Zen teacher in San Francisco who said that you should turn counterclockwise at this particular thing at the at the altar <coughs> um was a student of suzuki roshi uh rev anderson but also Katagiri way before that was there at the san francisco zen center so so uh, it's kind of interesting that um
0: that they were both there it would be interesting to hear a useless discussion between Katagiri and Peg.
3: Okay. So, anything we want to say about the book that we haven't already said?
4: I really like this book.
6: I am. Um... I was um, probably thinking about skipping the next one so I can reread this one and go deeper and learn some things about this one before overlapping with the next one.
4: Well, um,
3: the next one will be fun. So I hope you don't miss it. What
0: is the next book?
3: It's a it's a book by um, um, John Tarrant, and the name of the book is I can't remember. <laughs> just a second, I'll 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 recognize it. I thought you just had the book in your hand. No, what I have is another book by him. Oh, okay. um here because i want to send something out tonight that we're going to go to a different book
5: well then what did you like about the book do you think
6: um well to me it was an approach to maybe all concepts of buddhism um I like the way he started talking about life and how to burn the flame of your life and then make a process to go across it. And I really like the concepts that he managed, even though there were some tough ones, some weeks. Yeah, I I like his approach. And you, you like it?
4: I feel like
5: um, there were some weeks where I was struggling to keep up. Um, like, I, f- I feel like there were some weeks that were like full of dense material that I think, yeah, I would like to go back and reread. Um, and I think that in these last couple of weeks, a process has happened simply by being here and reading with you all that i think has been a good step in the right direction
4: for me that's good that's what Ooh, you tough, want it's good yeah
0: yeah